Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to educating and empowering men to address erectile dysfunction, improve confidence, and enhance the satisfaction in their relationships. This podcast is brought to you by ErectionIQ.com. Learn more at ErectionIQ.com. Welcome to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. I am Mark Goldberg, Certified Sex Therapist. I am deeply passionate about working with men like you to help resolve their ED. Hello, listeners. We are discussing erectile dysfunction again, as we always do. This time, we're going to delve into the world of depression, something that faces, is it safe to say, millions of people? Yeah, easy. So, Mark Mark Goldberg joining us, as you heard in the intro. Uh, Mark, as a certified sex therapist, what exactly... Have you learned over the years working with people who are struggling with depression? Before we even get into the erectile dysfunction aspect of the discussion, just tell me about what you've learned from working with so many people who are struggling with depression. Clinical depression is um, one of the most common mental health conditions. Even for people who are not clinically depressed or don't, don't meet the qualifications for a diagnosis of depression, there are even more people out there who are struggling with symptoms of depression. Some of that is seasonal, some of that is situational, and some of that is just a low, constant hum of um, symptoms of depression that don't quite qualify. So it is a very common experience. There are those that would argue that it is almost uh, a part of the human condition for many, many people. Depression is not the fault of the people who are experiencing it in many instances. I'm not going to say that there are not situations where people are contributing to their own depression Mm -hmm. or maintaining their own depression, but in many instances there are uh, genetic components to depression. There are Uh, factors beyond the control of the person who's experiencing depression. Um, A lot of times family members of people with depression and even the people themselves who are struggling with it um, get caught up in a cycle of self-blame, which then perpetuates the depression because not only do they have the initial trigger of the depression, uh, but they do begin to experience, they do begin to tell themselves that it's now their fault that they feel this way and it's because of things that they're not doing. And that tends to not be true. That being said, um, I do believe that for people who want to address these symptoms and uh, live a better life, they more often than not have to be a part of the solution, even if it is not their doing that caused the initial depression. Got it. And Mark, what are some of the telltale signs of depression? How do you know if you have it? So it's it's tricky. to self-diagnose a clinical definition of depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are certain symptoms, I think, that are hallmarks of depression. There's multiple ways to look at depression. Some of the clearest signs, though, are changes in appetite, changes in sleep. Mm -hmm. One of the ones that's relevant to the work that I do. Now, when you say changes, sorry, I'll let you get back to that point. But when you say changes in appetite, are you saying overeating, undereating? It's a great question. It can actually go in either direction. So uh, generally, we're looking at what people's baselines are. Sometimes people don't have any appetite when they're depressed and other times people overeat. Mm. So it's, it's, that's why, that's why we're specific about the terminology changes in appetite, changes in sleep. 
I think many people think of depression as you're just in bed sleeping all day. Some people do experience insomnia in response to depression. So we're looking at people's baseline and trying to uh, assess have there been specific changes uh, during this period where they're experiencing other symptoms of depression, including low self-esteem, um, uh, regret about the past, uh, de- depressive thinking of that nature, suicidal ideation. Um, these are some of the um, hallmarks um, okay. of depression. And one of the big ones I was about to mention, which sure. is very relevant to um erectile dysfunction is what's called anhedonia which is the loss of pleasure in activities that used to be enjoyable or pleasurable um so i think these are some of the the uh big signs mm. of depression yeah it's a, f- a fancy word to describe a very tough situation anhedonia that's a that's probably the number one thing to be out for basically saying things that used to make you happy don't make you happy anymore yeah, and it's not for lack of trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, in many instances, people do push themselves to engage in those activities. Some of them can be sexual activity, yeah. and it just really doesn't deliver um, much of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just to go off on this tangent for the, the final steps here, anhedonia could just be caused by just general changes in life, though. It might not be depression. Is that safe to say? Uh, yes, that that is safe to say. That's why um, a person should not be self-diagnosing uh, with depression. One of the uh, I'll go off on a little bit sure, of a sure, sure, here sure. for a moment. I think people would un- appreciate hearing about depression. So I want to talk more broadly about um, the mental health diagnoses. So uh, mental health diagnoses, generally speaking, are um, an amalgam of symptoms, and when the, all those symptoms are present that qualifies somebody for a diagnosis. There are many overlaps though with symptoms. So some of the symptoms of depression could be symptoms of other conditions. Mm. So that's why it's very difficult to just look at what's happening for yourself without that Mm -hmm. back knowledge and be able to diagnose. We don't really have, don't really have, we don't have a blood test for depression. We don't have any way of confirming this in a lab. It really is observation of symptoms and uh, the trained eye and the trained mind Mm -hmm. to be able to help discern um, whether this is depression or if it could be um, a whole slew of other things going on. Um, So I think it's just important that people understand that generally speaking, that the self-diagnosis is not recommended. Um, And what you think might be symptoms of depression could be another condition or they could be related to something else Mm. going on in your life, which is not a diagnosis. Yeah, an amalgam, just simply many different things happening, essentially. Yeah, and I think generally one of the challenges um, in mental health is the diagnoses are based on observation. Mm. They're based on self-reporting. And uh, they're not 100% accurate all the time. That makes sense. When you're dealing with the brain, as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, the mind is very complex and that would run parallel to that. So thank you for making that introduction to depression in the first place, because I think establishing that is really going to make the rest of the conversation make that much more sense. 
So depression, erectile dysfunction, they can go hand in hand. Mark, have you found it to be true that erection issues and sexual dysfunction issues, which could be erectile dysfunction, could be something different, they are linked to depression? Do you find this to be true? Uh, So the answer is absolutely. So again, even just starting with one of those symptoms that we had mentioned, anhedonia, which again is a loss of pleasure in previously enjoyable activities, can have a direct impact on um, erections, on sexual function. Um, One of the things that also can occur is that as sexual function or sexual dysfunction unfolds for somebody, that can lead to a depression, that can lead to um, negative thoughts about oneself, lower self-esteem, loss of confidence. Um, In more extreme cases, it can really lead to a uh, lack of will Mm. to persist in life because what's the point? Um, So... Depression can be both a cause and a um, outgrowth of sexual dysfunction. So if someone is having depression, having erectile dysfunction, and they're confused or they're not sure which is causing which, what would you recommend? Where do they start to untangle this? That's a great question. Uh, First and foremost, with professionals. Um, like I was saying earlier, even, you know, depression without the sexual dysfunction going on is, is challenging enough to, um, accurately assess and diagnose and come up with a treatment plan when sexual dysfunction is going on. I think it just adds an additional layer of complexity. I would encourage, um, anybody who is experiencing both a, uh, mental health struggle and a sexual function struggle to find a qualified or multiple multiple qualified professionals uh, to be able to help properly assess that. Now, I think each professional is going to approach this differently, and I think each uh, circumstance and situation needs to be assessed on an individual basis. That being said, um, the way I approach this professionally is mental health um, has to be addressed first and foremost um, before addressing the sexual dysfunction. That's my general default. There are times that it's very apparent to me that the sexual dysfunction is one of the primary factors in causing or maintaining um, a mental health challenge like depression. And in those instances, um, the approach may be a combination of the two. But again, I would encourage anybody who's in that situation to not try to self-diagnose or necessarily pick this apart on their own because um, they could end up causing uh, more harm and uh, causing more challenges to the situation they're already facing um, in an effort to try to resolve this on their own. And also, I'm going to ask, if erectile dysfunction and depression symptoms of both seem to be there, The one thing that stands out in my mind is, well, erectile dysfunction also has a strong, at times, physical component to it. Mm -hmm. So how does that kind of change this this conversation a bit? Uh, That's a great question. And and like so many other episodes, I've I've emphasized and I will reemphasize that now. Um, Nobody should reach the conclusion on their own that they are experiencing a psychological-based erectile dysfunction, or what I refer to sometimes as psychogenic erectile dysfunction, Um, certainly as part of the mix of qualified professionals, a primary care physician or a urologist 
should be consulted uh, to rule out any underlying uh, medical um, conditions that might be contributing mm-hmm. to this. That being said, it is you know very likely that depression is going to have some role um, in sexual function challenges, even if there is some underlying uh, physical issues going on. Um, so I, I would not view this as a um, binary where it's likely going to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, probably there's going to be a combination of the two, um, or it'll be you know primarily the depression. When erectile dysfunction causes someone to be depressed is the theme of this episode. Mark, have we established what causes what, or it it really it just depends on the individual? It really just depends on the individual. There is no uh, formula here um, that you know either, either erectile dysfunction causes depression or mm. depression causes erectile dysfunction. Um, every person is very very different with this. Okay. Um, one of the things that I think to be aware of is men should be able to track what came first. Um, generally, there's not a single event or a single onset where uh, both symptoms of depression and symptoms of erectile dysfunction emerged all at once. Mm. Um, so one of the things that I do um, in my clinical practice is you know, you know, very basic tracking. Um, so we want to try to identify, uh, you know, to the extent that we can, uh, the origins of, um, when I say the origins, I mean the chronological origins of the erectile dysfunction and the chronological origins of the depression mm. that may give us an indication as to what may be causing what, uh, what the role of a man's thoughts are about the erectile dysfunction in causing the depression and vice versa. Okay. And bringing the conversation back now directly to depression, is being diagnosed with depression is it possible that some people are just genetically more likely to be depressed? Is this is this something that you've heard of? A hundred percent. There, okay. there does seem to be a, a genetic predisposition yes. to depression. Uh, I would say it's very challenging to fully attribute um, conditions like depression and anxiety, which again are, are part of the human condition solely to a genetic factor. Mm. Uh, it tends to be, you know, in, in the, in the uh, mental health world, we, we refer to the biopsychosocial model, which means that biological, psychological, and social factors are all um, relevant and do all impact okay. uh, people's mental health. Um, so certainly people who have uh, depression running in the family are likely predisposed to depression. Mm. Um, at the same time, uh, they also likely grew up in um, a home or in a larger family environment where depression was present, um, which is you know a, a social and psychological factor. Um, so it's very, very challenging to pick these apart. But if okay. you've seen depression in your family, it's in your gene pool, there's a good chance um, that you are predisposed to some symptoms of depression. Mark Goldberg, certified sex therapist, joining us for today's discussion about erectile dysfunction and depression. Do you have any other final thoughts on this topic? So the area that we did not touch on, which I think is just important to mention, I don't want to go too far into this. We did an episode on um, SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They're one of the... um, most prevalent medications used 
to treat uh, depression, also to treat anxiety, and um, they have a number of known sexual side effects. Um, so one additional complexity here that people should be aware of is if they um, are taking medication mm. for depression, that potentially plays a role in some additional sexual function challenges. Um, I will emphasize that does not mean that one should stop taking their medication for depression. Um, if anybody is in that situation, they should talk with their prescriber about what is happening. Uh, in my experience, more often than not, um, because at least here in the United States, the medical system is fragmented to an extent. And if a patient is not reporting those symptoms, um, the prescriber wouldn't know to um, adjust for that mm -hmm. or uh, to make recommendations based on that. So certainly uh, do not take this into your own hands if that's yeah. your situation, uh, but do uh, disclose this to your provider. Um, if you want more information about this, I would suggest listening to our episode that we did with, I think, Dr. Mintz. Dr. Eileen Mintz, and I will make sure to link to that episode in today's podcast description for listeners. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks, Mark. No problem. Thanks for listening to the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. For more information on today's topic and understanding how the mind impacts erectile dysfunction, please visit ErectionIQ.com. That's ErectionIQ.com.